Julio Jones. He got a new home, baby. Yep, he landed <laughs> in Tennessee. We're going to be talking about that. And you want some tight end sleepers? Tight end is the one position that is an X factor mm-hmm. in the leagues. We're going to give you some sleepers that you need to not sleep on this year. It's going to be a good podcast. Let's get straight to it. Welcome to the Fantasyland Football Podcast. All right. Olito Jones, baby. Dale Julio, uh, papi, over in Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> wow, you could do that accent really, really well. well you, sounds like Spanish. you should be a character on like Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> I am. And technically, you are Spanish. Um, yeah, so I am half Spanish and black, so it makes sense that I can have that accent. My, my whole family speaks Spanish. Shout out to all my... <laughs> My Hispanic people out there. Badaki Contreras, Contula, Canomas, Contreras. How do you say it? Daniel Stevie Cocu, Badaki Contreras. That sounds nice, bro. I just can't roll my R's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Rookie, rookie. So I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm obviously not good at Spanish at all. Thanks for joining the show today. This is a fantasy football podcast. It's a fantasy land football podcast. I'm Zach. That is Daniel Badek like cake Mm -hmm. you chose to listen to this podcast today that's right you push play that's right that decision will forever be yours yours now whether it's good or not is kind of up to us but if it's great then tell everyone drop a review that would be much appreciated if it's not good then just let's forget it ever happened but uh big shout out to ed mac yeah on instagram is tropicana uh, shout out to Ed Mack. He decided to support us on Patreon last week, patreon.com slash fantasyland fam. He officially signed up to play in our follower leagues with us and our followers, the Golden Goats League. Huge. Badaki, how can people sign up to play with us in the Golden Goats League? Absolutely. Like Zach said, patreon.com slash fantasyland fam. Go to the gold tier section. Uh, join there and you'll get your ticket to join our fantasy Golden Goats League. Essentially, you're going to play with Zach and I in the Golden Goats League. We're really excited about that and we actually cannot wait for that to start. But let's get straight into the segment. Okay. Zach and I have been talking about these guys a lot. We were just talking about them on our mock draft we were just doing and we're really excited about them. So, Zach, what sleeper tight ends are you excited for in 2021? Yeah, I'm really excited for Cole Komet. And um Wow. I think your average person probably isn't. Okay. But I just want to bring light and I want to start the Cole Komet hype train. Okay. In 2020, Cole Komet was the first tight end drafted off the board in the draft. Okay. No tight end was drafted before him in the 2020 draft. He's a big, big talent. There's no question there. The question is the scenario he currently finds himself in. Right. Okay. Let's look at the tight end position for Chicago in 2020. Cole Komet finished last year as a tight end 41. Right. Now, Jimmy Graham finished as a tight end 13. So if you look at those numbers with no context, then it really wouldn't make any sense to draft Cole Komet. However, there's a trend that we start to see last year, week 10, where the Bears start to slowly shift focus from Jimmy Graham over to Cole Komet, their young gun. Okay, let's have a look at this. Jimmy Graham from weeks one to nine in 2020 was averaging 6.3 targets per game. In that same time span, Cole Komet was averaging less than one target a game, people. Rookie tight end, still getting acclimated to the game, to the modern NFL. Mm -hmm. 
Well, let's have a look at week 10 onwards. Okay. Jimmy Graham goes from averaging 6.3 targets to just three targets a game. Okay. Cole Komet, on the other hand, from week 10 onwards, starts to average five targets per game. Again, you can see a very clear shift in focus here. From weeks one to nine, Cole Komet, under one target per game. From weeks 10 to 17, now averaging more than Jimmy Graham and five targets per game. Let me say, a tight end that averages five targets per game and is a red zone threat, a.k.a. Cole Komet, is very valuable in fantasy football. Now, Cole Komet could easily finish this year with four to five touchdowns, and that's great. But what you need to see is this trend when you're looking for a sleeper tight end going into the next year. Let me ask you, Badaki, we both believe that Justin Fields is either going to take this job day one by max max time period is probably week five, yeah, right? Absolutely. So from the coaching staff and the GM's perspective mm-hmm. and Justin Fields' perspective, why would you not start to build chemistry and relationship with your younger, more talented tight end? Makes sense. Right? You wouldn't really look to build a relationship with Jimmy Graham, who's only got one year on his contract, who is like 68 years old. Notice I didn't say 69. Um, it, it, It makes more sense for you to start building a relationship with a young guy, a guy that you can kind of build your career with. Mm -hmm. The way I look at it is uh, this is a very clear statement that the Bears made that no one noticed. Hey, we're going to start rolling with our young guy. He gets the game a little bit more, and I think we are overlooking him in every mock draft right now in 2021. Currently for redraft, he is my tight end 15. Now look, it's probably not going to happen, but if Jimmy G was to get cut, if he was to have a season-ending injury, career-ending injury it would be at that point, my ranking for Cole Komet, I would move him to tight end 11 in my redraft rankings. Now, some of you play Dynasty, so you're probably curious about where I have him in my Dynasty rankings. Currently, my tight end, 9. That's right. There are only 8 other tight ends I'm drafting ahead of Cole Komet in wow. Dynasty. Look, Cole Komet's a guy you draft with either your second to last pick in the draft and by mid-year, he could be a very valuable guy with a lot of lot of trade asset um, you know, in return, or is a guy that you can start on a weekly basis? That's a huge, that's a huge, huge, huge take there. Cole Komet. Yeah, I, I do believe he's going to have some I told some you upside. it was a hot take. I yeah. told you it was a hot take. I definitely do believe he's going to have some upside coming into uh, this this year. But when... He was talented, bro, in, yeah. in Notre Dame, too. I, people are forgetting, man. And that is good for you, mm-hmm. okay? I think I'm just scared of when that would happen. You know, Jimmy G's still there. I, I mean, I... Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you had good arguments. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, who is your first tight end you're excited about as a sleeper in 2021? Okay. For my first guy, and it's Blake Jarwin. Okay. Okay. Who remembers last year, the Twitterverse going off saying Blake Jarwin was going to be... I do. The tight end 10. He's going to finish. He's going to be a massive sleeper going into 2020, you know? And then what happens week one? Gets onto the field. Mm. First Jesus. play. Like, first play of the game, he tears his ACL. Terrible. But I am back to revitalize that fire that we have for Blake Jarwin in 2020 into 2021. Okay, let's look at 2020. Let's look what happened. Mm -hmm. Dalton Schultz steps in. Okay, he averages five targets per game, 8.6 points per game. Do you know what Dalton Schultz finished in in the tight ends last year in 2020? In 2020? Tight end. Top. 12? Yeah, tied in 11. So you were right. Close. Okay. But the bigger question is, do you know his quarterbacks? Quarterback, not quarterback. 
wasn't Dak Prescott. We all know what happened to Dak. Annie Dalton, yep. Ben DiNucci, and then mm. Garrett Gilbert. And he finishes the top so grapes. Top ten, top eleven tight end. Yeah. That's crazy with mm-hmm. all these backup quarterbacks. And we know how important that the Cowboys. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Don't disrespect backup quarterbacks like that. Okay? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> these saying. guys should be opening like car dealerships at this point. Okay. But ben DiNucci does not belong in the NFL. But go ahead. Look. That's just disrespectful. Sorry. But we do know how important the tight end position is for the Cowboys offense. And when Dak back yep. with Blake Jarwin on pace to start here in week one, I believe Jarwin can finish as a top 10 tight end. There's, there's no doubt about it in my, in my opinion. Mm. He's a better tight end. He's more talented than Dalton Schultz. He's going to come back strong. We know how important the tight end position is for this Cowboys offense. Blake Jarwin's the guy. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate it. You know, I guess the only the only reason I'm not 100% on board there is because of Dalton Schultz. Like, what role will he have? I don't think he, he goes but, back um, to not having any role. He's just going to be the guy, okay. the fill-in guy. You know, it's crazy that I mean, but obviously you're, we you're know. betting a lot on that happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, but like these are sleeper picks, so it doesn't really matter. But I will say the reason I love the thought is because, like I said on the live stream today of our mock draft, mm-hmm. there is no like the Cowboys didn't get better at all on defense. Yeah. This this offseason, mm-hmm. like Micah Parsons was not the answer. They already had good linebackers. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to score a lot of points to stay in games, and there will be a lot of targets to go around. So I don't hate it. Uh, I, th- I think it's all right. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Who's your all second right. guy? My second sleeper tight end I'm excited about is Tyler Higby. Okay. Matthew Stafford comes over from Detroit. Now, I know Matthew Stafford isn't like a tight end whisperer. He's not the tight end genie. He's not ever shown really to um, favor tight ends necessarily over another position. However, we have seen with TJ Hawkinson Mm. that Matthew Stafford can support a fantasy-relevant tight end. But the bigger part to this is Gerald Everett is gone, okay? Leaving behind 62 targets at the tight end position. And after Tyler Higby, this depth chart for the Rams tight ends is extremely weak. Uh, tight end two right now on the depth chart is Johnny Munt. And Ooh. as his last name suggests, he is a Munt. Uh, three years in the league, nine total catches. Oh okay, That is three catches a year. I could probably play tight end and get three. T- probably not. No. Uh, no catches way. a year. <laughs> the third tight end on their depth chart, which is the last tight end is Bryson Hopkins. He was a rookie last year. He had zero catches. Maybe they're trying to get him more acclimated into the game. He did have a pretty decent college career, but he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to step up and take targets away from a solidified tight end like Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is a solidified tight end in this league. He is a red zone threat, a guy that you can count on. And uh, with guys like Robert Woods getting a little bit older, Deshaun Jackson spreading the field, there's going to be opportunities for Tyler Higby to be a fantasy-relevant tight end in 2021. If you combine his targets and Gerald Everett's targets last year, that's 122 targets combined. But Everett is now gone. Mm -hmm. I don't see one of those other tight ends stepping in and playing a massive role. Now, will he get 120 targets? Of course not. That's unrealistic to say all the targets would then go to Higby. But let's say he only gets 85 targets that last year. That is very conservative. He could easily hit 90 to 95. That's five targets a game. With Higby being a, a red zone threat, five targets a game, 
that becomes a tight end that could be very valuable going forward. Uh, you know, Tyler Higby already set up. He's already working out his chemistry with Matthew Stafford in OTAs right now. Uh, Tyler Higby is a guy, again, draft with your second to last or last pick. Both of these guys, all of these guys, and you could find yourself with a lot of trade value in the one position that is an is maybe the biggest X factor in all of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of high hopes with Tyler Higby going into this past year. He mm-hmm. let us down. Obviously, Joe... Um, with Everett gone, it, it does open it up, especially with those targets. It's, it's interesting. You know, I still think there's too many mouths to feed there, in my opinion. Cooper Cup, you know, yeah. Roberto Woods, Cam Makers now, you know, and and uh, Deshaun Jackson. It's, it's hard for me totally. to, to kind of visualize but Tyler Higby to getting play, those. To play, devil's, to play devil's advocate a little bit here, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not as if there is... It's not as if he's like the sixth option on the depth chart. Right. It's really Cooper Cup. It's Robert Woods. And I don't think Deshaun Jackson's ahead of Tyler Higby. I think he's a guy who's getting like one or two throws a game down the field. Okay. Cam Akers is a guy who's going to be the check down, of course. But there is no other tight end there. There's no one else. Yeah. So there's going to be enough targets to make him fantasy relevant. And the great part, I'm glad that you brought up last year. I wasn't on that train last year, personally. Like, yeah. I, I'm not afraid to say when I was wrong, mm-hmm. but I wasn't someone who was hyped about Tyler Higby last year. Yeah. Um, it was it was pretty clear to me that he wasn't going to be a top tight end. <laughs> and I'm, I know that people traded him after that three touchdown that, performance in like week two or three. That's what I was just and about to say. he did nothing after that. And he did nothing after that. Yeah. I, he let a lot of people down. He was like, well, that's the Tyler Higby yeah. we were all expecting. No. Yeah. And Gerald Everett was always there. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was this close to doing a Gerald Everett take on the show today because Gerald Everett is so talented. He's he's another hybrid wide receiver tight end that plays the tight end position. Yeah. So again, that's you know, if you need one more guy, I mean I was this close on doing Gerald yeah, Everett. That, massive talent. That's a bonus. He's gone now. hundred percent, especially yeah. there in Seattle. There's a lot of opportunity there for him. Yeah. All right. Your last uh tight end sleeper you're excited about. Yeah. Who is it? The big trout. Oh, Adam Troutman okay. out in out in New Orleans. There, uh, the Saints traded up for to get Troutman in the third round. Are we officially coining? Are we officially coining him the Big Trout? Yeah, the Big Trout. Why not? Okay, I like it. <laughs> yeah, the Big Trout. I don't okay, mind. Sorry, go ahead. I'm interrupting your take. No, nah, it's all good. Look, they take him in the third round, the 2020 um, NFL draft. Jared Cook is gone this year. Drew Brees retires. Who's the quarterback? We all expect Jameis Winston mm. to step in. What do we know about Jameis yep. Winston so far? right now is that he's struggling he's struggling um he's working hard but he's struggling with the reports with um ain't nobody Michael working harder than me yeah ain't nobody, ain't nobody working, working harder than i know than Dak me. right there but ain't nobody working harder than me look he's struggling with those slant passes according to um a lot of beat writers which then in turn affects michael thomas so what are they going to do with james winston they're going to give him something easy some dump off passes yeah. some hitch routes what else do we know about Jameis Winston? He loves to throw to his tight ends. Okay, yeah. 2015, Cameron Bray finishes as a top 10 tight end in his rookie year, in Jameis Winston's yeah. rookie year. 2016, yeah. Cameron Bray finishes as a top six tight end. 2017, mm-hmm. he finishes as a top eight. 2018, OJ Howard shows up, top 10 tight end. Okay, he can yeah. produce wow. a tight end. There's no doubt about it. It's just, is he going to have the opportunity to start in this role and and really give Adam Troutman that, the opportunity to be a top 12 tight end? In my opinion, I believe Adam Troutman can be a top 12 tight end in the contingencies that Jameis Winston is starting. 
So in my opinion, I think this is a great sleeper pick. You can get him in the last rounds. Nobody's picking him. Jared Cook is gone. Drew Brees retired. I'm actually really excited about the big trial. You know he reminds me of a little bit? He actually reminds me a little bit of like a Dallas Goddard in the way that mm. he he plays his game. He's actually got a really good route tree. I don't know if you watched some of his plays last year. He didn't get targeted all that much, but yeah. his route tree is pretty defined for a tight end. Yeah. Um, so I like the upside. He's definitely like a Dallas Goddard type player who can move in space. And I think there's opportunity. Good route tree, reliable guy. Yeah, yeah there's opportunity for sure. There's definitely opportunity. I know Drew Brees loved, you know, to throw to his, quarter, uh, to his tight end. Obviously, this is completely different. Um, but I think the tight end plays an integral part in this offense as well at New Orleans. You know, Jerry Cook was always in there. Jimmy Graham was always in there. They were always, you know, playing yeah. a huge part in this offense. And why not Troutman? They traded up for him. Yeah. That, you know, I will say that in the 50% chance, 40% chance okay. that it is Taysom Hill. A lot of our thoughts are going to be really screwed up. <laughs> yeah, it, it a is. A lot of our takes are going to be screwed 100%, up. A hundred percent, but you know, I need. I gotta need, believe, man. You gotta believe. Exactly. Give us what we and want. And I'm not even. I'm not even a Jameis fan. I'm not somebody that was like, yeah, I can't wait for Jameis yeah. to start. But all I know, what he can produce, is a top ten tight end. Yep, we've seen it. I, well, those are our four: Cole Komet, Blake Jarwin, Tyler Higby, and Adam. Big Trout. The Trout. Man. The Big Trout, man. <laughs> big Trout, man. I imagine he was a superhero, though. Well, would he be a fish? He would, like, would he be a trout? He will be the cousin. What would his superpower be? He will be the cousin of Aquaman. Uh, but he's just a fish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I've got, I can, I can swim fast and, and lay eggs. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. We'll call you when we need you. Yeah. He's just sitting by the red phone with his family. Man, shouldn't have picked to be a superhero, man. Mm-hmm. Job's not going well. I'm on unemployment. Okay, we're taking this way too far. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay, those are our four tight ends. We're pretty excited to draft in 2021. Obviously, some massive, massive news happened uh, last, well, this week. Okay, just recently. Yeah. Julio Jones was officially traded to the Tennessee Titans. The Titans received, obviously, Julio, but they also received a 2023 sixth-round pick. The Falcons, in return, got, which is not surprising to us, a 2022 second-round pick, not a first, and a fourth in 2023. We put up an Instagram post right before the draft happened, and we had a bunch of realistic trades. And everyone was saying, you're not giving up enough for Julio. And we're like, guys, never ever has an aging star wide receiver give, you know, really given a first round pick in return. Yeah. Um, we actually had in this exact scenario as one of ours, except for it was to the Ravens. So we had this same exact scenario. The Falcons getting a second and a fourth round pick. But that was to the Baltimore Ravens. So... He lands in Tennessee. Obviously, this is going to affect fantasy heavily. You know, this is going to affect fantasy in a lot of different ways. Let's start with the Atlanta Falcons because obviously Julio's gone. Calvin Ridley is the first person you're probably going to think about. Yeah. Calvin Ridley is going to step into, you know, an alpha male role. I would argue that he's already stepped into that role. To me, I think this affects Kyle Pitts' upside more than anyone else. You know, Calvin Ridley has shown that he can be the wide receiver one, 
when, uh, you know, we had people who drafted Calvin Ridley on our mock draft uh, that we just did, youtube.com slash fantasylandfootball. Mm-hmm. To see that mock draft, someone drafted Calvin in the second. And there were questions. Oh, can you trust Calvin Ridley without Julio? Well, guys, I mean, look at last year. Anytime Julio was out, Calvin Ridley was still putting up top five games every time that that uh, Julio Jones was out. He was a reliable guy. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like, you know, we'll have, we'll discuss, but I don't feel like Calvin Ridley is necessarily affected all that much. He's still going to be a top, you know, top seven wide receiver. Where do you have him ranked? Let's start there. Where do you have him ranked? Where did you move him from? Because I believe I moved him um, a little bit higher in my rankings after this happened. Well, I had Calvin Ridley, uh, I had Calvin Ridley pretty high already. So yeah. he hasn't moved um, significantly. He hasn't moved at all, actually. I have him, I have Calvin well, Ridley me, as my wide receiver five. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you already had him as your wide receiver five? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I had uh, AJ <laughs> Brown as my wide receiver five, mm-hmm. and I had Justin Jefferson as my wide receiver seven. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley was my wide receiver eight. Okay. Um, I then moved him from wide receiver eight to six and slid down AJ and Justin Jefferson. So he is now my wide receiver six. Uh, DK Metcalf is the only one above him right now. Okay. But we're both confident in Calvin. We're not worried. Yeah, we're we're not worried. I believe there's going to be a lot of targets coming his way. And, you know, I had a theory. Now, as you were talking and uh, something came to mind, Kyle Pitts, what if he moves mm-hmm. to the wide receiver position? He he fills in that no. Julio role. I, nope. I want to scratch. For, for all of fantasy world, No. <laughs> Well, stop. That's what I'm thinking. Stop it. it, it it's viable. What if they do a, a two tight end set, and then Hayden Hurst is in, is in the mix? Or what if he does? Well, that's 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 a good point because Hayden Hurst is going to see a lot of snaps. That's, He's not going to be out of this offense. Well, that's why I believe the other theory of him moving to a wide receiver, being the bigger guy, Mm-mm. Hayden. They still have a decent tight end in Hayden Hurst. So why not move Kyle Pitts to the X receiver? And then you have a good, decent tight end in Hayden Hurst. You have come really on the other why, side. Though? I'll tell you why you don't do that. One, you don't want to piss off the fantasy community, okay? Because, <laughs> you know, the, the, they don't care. Right, They're trying to know, win a Super Bowl. Listen, if the GM is listening to this for whatever reason, just don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. But secondly, in the more serious note, you want the mismatch. If you 100%. put Kyle Pitts in the wide receiver, now you're getting cornerback one probably on Kyle Pitts. That's not what you want as a team. You want to find the mismatch. Um, you know, you want him to be guarded by the strong safety. You want him to be guarded by the linebackers. You put him out in wide receiver, There's the mismatch isn't like, yes, he's still a mismatch, mismatch no matter what. But still, like, you know, you want to find that wrinkle in your offense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it definitely makes sense. I don't sense. think that they should do that. Makes sense. But I do think Kyle Pitts is less of a risk if you're drafting him earlier now. I think he went pretty high in our latest mock draft. I was a little bit worried about it still, but how high are you comfortable taking Kyle Pitts now that this has officially happened? Look, I'm not sure. It's hard for me to really gauge it at this very moment. I think I need to give it a couple more nights to kind of sleep on it. I will it. tell you, he went, he went in the fourth round. He was the third tight end, fourth round, 4.3. Is that too early? People on the board still, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, 
Um, CD Lamb, Mark Andrews. I don't know. Is that too high at the four three? Like I got Mark Andrews in the fifth, so five right, six. Yeah. Do you feel more comfortable with Mark Andrews in the fifth because you know his? Like there's no there's no questions there. Um, than Kyle Pitts in the in the fourth. I'll, or? I'll be completely honest. I'm more comfortable with Mark Andrews, TJ, and Noah Fan over Kyle Pitts in general at the Jeez. moment. I don't know where I okay. can really value Kyle Pitts still. He's I don't think he's well, going to flourish as people are saying in his first year. I think man, he's going to see targets. I really think he could. Think he? I'll say this: He hasn't moved in my rankings, but he's already high in my rankings. In redraft, he is my tight end five. He's still my tight end five, uh, right behind Mark Andrews at four. So you would have him as your tight end seven, I'm guessing. Uh, I have him at my, my tight end eight at the moment. So who who else is ahead of him? Um, obviously, the top three: Mark Andrews, TJ, Noah, Gizeki. Gasecki, wow, that's high for yeah. Gusecki. I love, I love Mike Gasecki. I think I see a big jump in Mike Gasecki coming into this to this year. But Kyle Pitts, it's hard for me to kind of, you know how like you said, it's hard for you to put Najee Harris over a couple of these guys. It's just, it's the same I way I feel about Kyle Pitts. I I can I know I'm guaranteed for Noah Fant. I'm guaranteed for T.J. Hawkinson. I'm a little bit more guaranteed with Mike Gasecki in points and in targets. Uh, yeah. especially in a, in a position like a tight end position where any week can be anyone's week. I would rather have, mm. you know, the four guys I just said, three guys I just said over Kyle Pitts, knowing what I'm going to get. I'm going to be honest with you, like, because we're about to do a dynasty startup draft with our friends. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is pushing me towards thinking about taking him. I'm at the 1.1, right? Mm-hmm. I have a turn, which is the last pick of the second and the first pick of the third. Oh, it is it is just Look, staring me straight in the face I can, to take Kyle Pitts there. I completely agree with you. I think in Dynasty, it's completely different. I do see I do see the upside. I, I mean, you know, I think in Dynasty, if I'm not mistaken, I have him as my one or two now. You know, you kind of... you he's, he's my first for a while. Yeah. Oh, actually, I have him my third. I was thinking about moving him to my third. I mean, to my first spot. Because you, you were talking... Like, we were talking about it, obviously. We always talk about it all the time. And, you, you know, you are right. You know, like, why not take Kyle Pitts? He's the guy. Julio Jones is, is out. This is was before the Julio Jones trade. He's going to have mm-hmm. value there. He's going to be the guy. He is the new Julio Jones for Atlanta, in my opinion. Just in a different mm-hmm. position. So... That's that's how I'm yeah. seeing it. I've had I've had Kyle Pitts as my tight end one before the draft. Yeah, it didn't matter where he went, and now he's landed in a great position. I think Matt Ryan is there another five years. Why would you not take Kyle Pitts over guys who are a little bit older? It's it you know yeah. especially dynasty. And, and, I, anyway. and I looked into that. You know, I looked at Waller, and I was like, ah, oh, he's like what twenty eight. And I looked at Kittle, and yeah. Kittle was what twenty seven or something like that. It, it makes sense you to know, take Waller. I mean, to take Pitts over those two guys, especially Kelsey. And I really hope that the guys who we're about to do this mock, this dynasty startup draft with are not listening to this episode because it's just inside information all mm-hmm. day long. I expect but them to all Kelsey, be listening. Kelsey, Travis is my tight end four in dynasty. Right. My tight end four. I only see one or two years of, of elite play left. He's 32 years old. We're getting on a tangent. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let, let's get back. So obviously it affects Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. We wrapped that up pretty nicely. Matt Ryan. Uh, this definitely hurts Matt Ryan's 
sleeper quarterback status, in my opinion. Uh, he was, I believe, let me double check my quarterback 14 going into redrafts. Okay. Uh, with this move, you know, it's a familiar face. It's a guy he's had his entire career. It definitely worries me. I didn't move him down all that much. I literally moved him one spot. So I moved okay. him from my quarterback 14 to my quarterback 15. Right. Where is he for you currently? Well, I had him as my number 11, and now he is going to my 14th. Okay. Yeah. So obviously this is going to hurt Matt Ryan. He, Still a guy you can draft super late with some upside. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that I guess this can be a little bit of a segue if you want. But he actually, I swapped him with Ryan Tannehill. Okay. That, that makes sense for me because the people that I have in between are Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson. I still have Deshaun Watson with the expectations. I don't think he's going to play, but there could be a chance. Joe Burrow is in between that as well. well so Yeah, I mean, look, if, if Deshaun Watson said that he was going to play this year, he would automatically move to like my quarterback six. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. <clears throat> the reason he's so low in my rankings is because I don't think he's going to play. Mm-hmm. So when you draft him, you're drafting him with a massive risk. Uh, quickly, sorry, I, I know we want to talk about Tannehill, but quickly to wrap up the Falcons side of this, there is potentially a chance for another wide receiver to step in here. Mm-hmm. I'm under the illusion, <clears throat> or I guess the belief, that that's not really the case. I think it's more like, no, Ridley, Pitts are going to get the ball more than anyone else, right? I don't really see like a, a wide receiver three, a clear wide receiver three stepping in here. Some people think Russell Gage. Uh, Zacchaeus is a name that's been thrown out mm-hmm. there. Uh, the other one that I would like to highlight, and this is specifically for dynasty purposes only, is Frank Darby. Uh, this is a wide receiver that the Falcons drafted this year in the sixth round out of Arizona State. Talented guy. I would not be surprised if by this time next year, Frank Darby is a solidified wide receiver three on this team. It makes sense for them to go young at the wide receiver position. Um, but for redraft, is Russell Gage the guy to own? Is there going to be value there? I, I personally don't think so, but maybe you see it a different way. Look, in this last mock draft, I actually took Russell Gage. Um, you know, when he was on the field, when he had those breakout games, we were like, whoa. I remember you got Russell Gage because no one took him off of waiver wires like the the day the day yeah. after waiver wires has processed. I remember that. And yeah, you know, we saw glimpses of him being that guy. He's he's 25, he's six foot, you know, what he's two or three years older than Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is five eight. I think he's the bigger receiver. He's a more experienced receiver. He's only what in year three? No. Year three? I don't know. I think he's in year three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I do believe he's going to come in and step in in that role. What role? I don't know. I think he's the next man up, though, in my personal opinion. Russell Gage. Okay. Personally, I just, you know, I would much rather draft someone because you're going to you're gonna take Gage. If you're going to draft him, you're going to take him late, right? So yeah. there's a bunch of other players that I would rather draft that I think have you know, a higher upside that are rookies that don't have defined roles. So personally, I'm out on any sort of tight end or sorry, wide receiver three there. But let's transition to the the Tennessee Titans phase of this. Obviously, we talked about Ryan Tannehill. You said you moved him to your to your quarterback 11, I believe. Yeah. I also have him, funnily enough, as my quarterback 11. Okay, awesome. Um, Matthew Stafford is 10. Joe Burrow is 12, so he's sandwiched right in between those guys for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
I think he could move up. He could potentially move up as the offseason moves on. What we're going to start to see in mock drafts is people starting to reach for Ryan Tannehill. And that's what you do not want to do. You want to, again, make sure that you're finding value picks and not reaching for what you thought was a value pick. In our latest mock draft, uh, team two, Luke, shout out to you, my guy. Uh, he took him in the sixth round. It's too early. Far, far too early. Quarterbacks still on the board include Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Burrow, Hurts, Stafford, uh, Deshaun Watson. But more importantly, there's still a bunch of talent on the board. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. You've got Michael Carter. You've got uh, Debo. You've got Jerry Judy, Sutton, Raheem Mostert, Damian Harris, Trey Sermon, uh, Robbie Anderson. You know, the list goes on and on. I think if we're taking Ryan Tannehill... We need to be taking him at least in the eighth round to get proper value. If he falls to the eighth round, that's when you can say, okay, yeah, now I've really got a value pick and I'm not even forcing a reach. Um, do you agree with my assessment there or do you feel like, no, nah, six is pretty good value for for Ryan Tannehill considering the changes? Uh, no, I definitely agree. You know, I think once the top, like he's obviously my top, my in the 11th, my top 10 guys are off the board. You take him no matter where, <clears throat> excuse me, no matter what's going to happen, in my opinion, you're always going to get value with Ryan wow. Tannehill unless you reach. Obviously, right. that's obvious. So let me ask you this then, because the, the 10th quarterback was taken uh, at the 8.2. That was Joe Burrow. So in the eighth round. So you're saying that is where you would be comfortable eighth round? Yeah. Taking Ryan yeah, Tannehill? I, yeah, absolutely. Okay. If if Ryan if if I'm in the eighth round and Ryan Tannehill is off the board with my top ten off, is on the board. Sorry. If Ryan Tannehill is available and my top ten guys aren't there, then obviously I'm taking Ryan Tannehill. But okay. if someone like a Joe Burrow, a Tom Brady is available. I'm going to be taking those guys over at Ryan Tannehill. Did you move? And just be honest, because maybe you didn't. But did you move your rankings at all on Brady after my take? I thought it was pretty good. No, I've always had Brady in. I always had Brady in my top ten. So he's my in redraft, uh, my ninth quarterback. Okay, but for, for, so he's for my dynasty. Six, so um, I'm just. Oh, he's your six. Just really? On him. Yeah, he's my he's my quarterback six. Oh man, so you have. <laughs> I'm assuming like crazy, right? I know. I'm assuming you have like Russell Wilson or uh, who's yeah. Around there. He's above Russell Wilson. He's above Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Wow. Well, I mean, 50 touchdowns. You have to put him above somebody. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. And honestly, though, like I, I, I much rather take Tom Brady at his ADP than Justin Herbert. But this is off topic. So anyway, Ryan Tannehill does not hurt him. Obviously, helps him tremendously. Correct. But what you need to be careful of is slipping into the reach range when you draft him now. Uh, A.J. Brown is obviously going to be affected by Julio Jones landing there. I don't believe he has wide receiver one, overall wide receiver one potential anymore. Uh, he obviously still obtains top five potential, mm -hmm. but he did move down in my rankings, as I said before. Uh, I moved him from my wide receiver five, actually. Sorry, he was ahead of D.K. Metcalf, and now he's my wide receiver seven. Okay. Uh, so I have moved him down a couple spots just because I am more comfortable with DK Metcalf now who doesn't have a Julio Jones on his team. I'm more comfortable with Calvin Ridley. Julio's gone. I'm more comfortable with D-Hop, the number one guy, you know? So 
Uh, how do you feel about the situation? Uh, I think I said in the draft that I had him, I only put him down like one or two spots in redrafts. In Dynasty, I kept him the same. I think the way I see it is the best way I can explain it is that Julio Jones going into this offense is now the equivalent of John Lewis Smith and Corey Davis put together. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to see John Lewis Smith and Corey Davis targets potentially. I don't think Anthony Frisk- Frisker is going to be with all the reports coming out. He's no longer the guy. Apparently AJ Brown, it's going to be AJ Brown, Derek Henry and Julio Jones. When one is not getting yeah. double teamed, the other is open. You know, it's gonna. I think it's going to be, oh, today's A.J. Brown's day. Next week is Julio Jones' right. day. You know, next week is Derrick Henry day. But I'm glad you're saying that because that scares me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That scares me. Like, there could be inconsistencies here. That's why I moved him down. Only, yeah. two, only two spots, but I did move him down a little bit. I will say, you know, obviously... I guess we can transition to Julio now because he's on the Titans. Mm-hmm. I drafted him in our latest mock draft, and I'm sorry we keep referencing the mock drafts, but it's uh, you know it is real live data that we have to use when our community comes together and and we mock. We do that twice a week. If you want to be a part of them, um, join our Discord. You can DM us on how to, or just go to any uh, link in our bios of any social media platform. I took him in the fourth round, Julio Jones. Okay. I took him ahead of Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Thielen, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, He was my wide receiver one off the board because I went RB heavy. So at that point, he is the wide receiver one, two, three, four, um, five, six, seven, eight, nine, (laughs) 10, 11, 12, 13. He was the wide receiver 13 off the board there. So to me, I had no wide receivers and I just could not justify not taking Julio um, as the wide receiver 13 in the fourth round. Do you think I reached for Julio? Do you think I got proper value there in the fourth? You know, especially with what I just said in the back and forth weeks, I think it it's probably not it's probably not the value that we want. I think it's good value. But look, going into the season, it's not going to be the value that we are going to be expecting. I think I would have taken a Chris Godwin, a C.D. Lamb, um, maybe even a. I think you're right, dude. You know, go ahead. Maybe even. I mean, I'm, this is far, far down. I'm thinking Brandon Ayuk. I might even want over Julio Jones because. No, no, no. Okay, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Maybe it could be. But I think I would take those three guys over him in my personal opinion, at, at where you drafted him, because yeah. I think he would definitely come around on the turn. Let's play Let's play a quick little game here, because I, you know, as we're having this conversation, I am definitely um, moving Julio as we talk, uh, because, you know, the more I think about it and the more I think about your conversation of how, you know, there's it's going to be one guy this week, one guy that week, it does worry me a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's, you know, as inconsistent as we're saying it will mm-hmm. be. However, it does worry me. Let me ask you, Michael Thomas or Julio Jones? Who would you rather have? Just a quick fire. Julio. Terry McLaurin or Julio Jones? Terry. Uh, Julio Jones or Amari Cooper? Amari. Okay, so I agree. Mm, I agree with most of those, right? I would rather have Julio than Michael Thomas. Yeah, 
I, you know, the, the Julio Cooper one, it makes it hard. Anyway, you can see, you know, we're starting to have these conversations about Julio. Where will he land? I don't know. Maybe I did reach for him there. But uh, like I have, Julio in Tennessee, how do you feel about uh, it? You know, actually, I'm actually excited. And I'm, I don't mind it. I think there's going to be opportunity for those guys to, to make a run. You know, uh, Corey Davis played a huge part and John Smith played a huge part. But now they have they have the trio. It's really what it is. It's a trio. Julio, yeah. um, AJB, and the King. It has to be. Yeah. You know, it has to be it. Um, you know, can can that team really rally and, and, and make the playoffs again for the third time and get past get past the playoffs into the Super Bowl? Yeah. So it really depends on, on who well, who they see. Let's wrap this thought up quickly here. Um so Julio Jones, how did he move in your rankings? I will say he was my wide receiver eleven. He's now my wide receiver thirteen. Yeah. Uh, did he move significantly down for you? I mean, obviously, you know, when you think about it, he was my wide receiver 11 in Atlanta. That was actually the best mm-hmm. situation for him fantasy-wise. This isn't better than Atlanta. So obviously he would move. How far down did he move for you, though? Right. So I had him as my wide receiver 10 before at Atlanta. Now I have him right after uh, Amari Cooper uh, at 13. So it was Amari Cooper, Julio, okay. and then CeeDee Lamb for me. Okay. All right. Uh, and I guess the last thing, just to let you know, I know there's a lot of Josh Reynolds truthers out there. Um, hate to break it to you. Say goodbye. Not even a guy, not even a guy worth thinking about. It's not worth it's your thoughts so anymore. Josh Reynolds. To say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know the yeah. rest of the words. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, say goodbye. It's time to say goodbye mm-hmm. to Josh Reynolds and your hopes of him being a sleeper this year. Uh, same could say could be said with Anthony Fersker. It's uh, it's not a clear pathway to any fantasy yep. relevance. Absolutely. I will say, I wanted to bring up a hot take on the show. Oh, oh no! My second hot take. Obviously, Cole Komet was the first, but mm-hmm. I am not of the belief. That this Julio Jones trade now makes the Tennessee Titans a contender. What do you mean? I would love... Sorry. I would love to be wrong. Okay. I would love to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would love to see Julio get a ring. I really, really want Julio Jones to win a ring. Like, I love Julio Jones the player. But I don't think this was the answer for them to be a contender. Does it help? Of course it helps to get Julio Jones. But what did they do to to the defense this year? Yes, they drafted or they they signed, I, I believe, Bud Dupree. Great player coming off an injury, I believe. Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley is their cornerback one. He's a guy who's coming off two back surgeries, and they expect him to be their number one cornerback on this team. Who did they who did they sign? Uh who did the Giants sign? They they lost uh, uh Dory Jackson. Adoree? Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't really address many needs on this defense. Yes, they signed Bud Dupree. He's coming off an injury. They also lost uh, uh, Jadavion Clowney. Excuse me, sorry. I don't think this team has a defense to actually be a Super Bowl contender. It's not the offense that's the issue, but they didn't really address their defensive needs this offseason. 
Um, you can look at some additions, but look at the subtractions. This team was not good on defense last year. I think at one point they were the third worst defense in the whole league. You can't go into the playoffs and beat teams like Kansas City with a bad defense. Kansas City's offense is already better than yours. Okay? Their defense is already better than yours. You didn't improve your defense. You're not beating Kansas City. Uh, I don't think you're beating the Browns. Honestly, I don't think you're beating the Browns with that defense. Uh, they're going to run all over you. I don't think that you're beating the Ravens. So the Ravens are going to be better than they were last year. I think they start to figure a couple of things out. I don't know, man. I I think they got better, but I still I'm not on this hype train of the Titans are going to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm sorry, Titan fans, but I'm not there. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I'm the complete opposite. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl, but I do believe they get better. Did did they make enough off sign, um, you know, defensive signings in the off season? Maybe not enough, but I think it, it was good enough, a good addition to get a leader in Bud Dupree. Obviously, they do do lose a Dory Jackson. Um, they get Caleb Farley, which let's remember uh, before his back surgeries, he, uh, he was the number one cornerback coming out of uh, coming out of this draft. So if he does stay yeah. healthy, he he could produce and be this guy. Um, obviously, you know um, who who the Carolina Panthers take? I'm forgetting his name right now. J.C. Horn. Yeah, J.C. Horn. I think he 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 got taking over him and like he got hyped up because of you know, his family and he just had that like dog mentality. Nah. And I think Caleb Farley yeah. does bring that dog mentality in his own way. But anyways, I do believe that they are contenders. I do believe they can beat those teams. You know, I'm actually interested to see if. Well, I think, like I said, they got better. I'm not saying they didn't get better. They did get better, but it's not good enough. Like it's they didn't do enough on defense to actually make themselves Super Bowl contenders. Right. They didn't get that much better this offseason. Well, yeah, they got Julio, but they lost Johnu, they lost Corey Davis, and they lost a bunch of defensive players as well. I mean, like, it makes sense. They didn't. They got better, but not that much. I think. I think if we look opinion. at their, you, they're gonna play the Bills. They're gonna play the Chiefs. They're gonna play the Rams. Uh, they're playing the yeah. 49ers. Um. I guess I'm trying to think of contenders. They're playing the Bucks. They have five you know, games. And this to is prove this themselves. is probably too far. This is probably too far, but it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't make the playoffs. They do have a tough schedule. I mean, looking at it just it really quick. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't make the playoffs. They play the Steelers. I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's By the way, uh I wanted to tell you you said doo-doo recently. Uh it was in your <laughs> it was in your last take. You said they didn't do do enough. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean, you know what I, I meant. I was dying to say that for like three minutes. <laughs> they didn't do do enough. Anyway, like like I said, I'm sorry to get off the hype train, but I'm just trying to be more realistic. Do they make the playoffs? Probably. Are the Super Bowl contenders? Mm, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I'm not there. So, okay. I mean, good to know. Too many teams that are better than them. See you in September, boys. See you in September. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything you want to say to close the show here? Patreon.com slash FantasylandFam. Great way to support the show. Join the Golden Goats League. We cannot wait to play fantasy football with you. We cannot wait to trade, to talk smack, just to just to be in a group chat and just play fantasy football. We can't wait. We're excited about a lot, a lot of things that are coming our way um, as we get closer to the season. You know, And make sure you leave an Apple review on um on apple podcast that really helps the show make sure you follow us on 
YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all these different things. It really helps the show out, helps us grow, helps other people see us yep. so we can give you this full time. I mean, we're giving you full time now, but if you think this is full time, we're going to give you some more. Oh, my God. Wait until we have enough supporters to actually do this full time. It's going to be crazy. That would be crazy. Um, and uh, when you support us on Patreon, you get our rankings no matter what tier you sign up for. Mm-hmm. And last thing I'll say about Patreon, uh, the only reason we're telling people is this because we just want to be super clear. We're not going to be able to give out unlimited personal advice to everyone this year, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, we were able to do it, but it took a toll on us. Trying to do our other jobs, keep up with our families. We would wake up to hundreds of DMs every day. And just being honest, it was a little bit too much for us to keep up with because we want to give great, great advice. Yeah. But it was super hard to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, personal advice from us is only going to be through a Patreon uh, close friends plus tier. If you, I, we helped hundreds of people win their league last year. Let's do it again. Um, if you don't mind supporting us, we can help you out, of course, all year long. I hope you guys understand. DM us with any questions, um, but I just want to be completely transparent with that. Yeah. Uh, most people have been understanding with it, which is cool. Yeah, it's been really awesome. Thanks um, for the support. Like, Please message us if you have any questions about Patreon. We're more than happy to answer any questions you have. Troutman, the big trout. Good old Trouty. Hanging out in the ocean with Aquaman. With- <laughs> He's calling in all the trouts. Theaters, in theaters... 2023. Wait, Loki's coming out this it's week. It's Trout Man. It is, yeah. I'm excited for we should that. Probably go see it. All right, we should end the show. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, see you on the next podcast. Later. See you there. Oh, see you there. <laughs> <laughs>